podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wiggs. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse who strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to him. Menez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable, with your host, Tariwa Chanakira. Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Tad Predictable, episode 72. And we are continuing our awesome series that we have been doing this preseason. It's the State of the Nation Address. We've had one for Southampton. We've had one for Arsenal. We've had one for Liverpool. It's time to have one for West Ham. Um, I'm really excited to be joined by Riley Finch. Riley, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, it, it's it's good to to get a West Ham fan in because I, I think you are the first West Ham um, fan that we've had on the podcast. So I, I like getting um, a variety of of fan bases in just to get an idea of you know the flavor of how teams are feeling heading into the season. I mean, you guys had a a very good season in my opinion, um, one that almost became really amazing. Um, unfortunately, uh, towards the end, I think maybe the fixtures got a bit too much. But how were you feeling after that season before we even got into the transfer window? Uh, well, obviously, like the previous season, finishing sixth with a, was a massive achievement for us. But uh, teams last year were a lot more at the races. Um, and to be able to sort of pull off two consecutive years of European football uh, was really, really good. You know, obviously the the question remains, like, if we didn't go so far in Europa League, would we have managed to finish in sixth, fifth, you know, possibly even fourth? But, you know, you, you, as a West Ham fan, we, we're a very uh, unoptimistic bunch. So, um, you know, to, to finish in a European place, I think every West Ham fan realistically uh, will take that season. And it's, uh, you know, hopefully a sign of, of consistency and things to come, because that's one thing West Ham definitely lack is uh, consistency. So... Uh, the next couple of years for us could go one of two ways in, in the way that we could continue to do what we're doing right now, which would be really great, or we'll drop back down sort of like a, a mid-table team that we've been sort of being for the last couple of years. So it's really encouraging. Yeah, and it, I think uh, a deep cup run with European football the next year, I think is a is a fantastic sort of target to to have. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I do get where some of the fans were saying, okay, maybe if we had been just concentrating on the league, we probably would have made Champions League or at least given it a a good go. I thought you guys yeah. were looking really strong, um, coming off the back of last year, um, mm. head heading into twenty twenty two. Um, yeah, but you know, I'm 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 liking the things that you guys are doing in the transfer window, and I think the more promising thing for me is the fact that it doesn't look like your window's done yet. 
Mm. Um, so it seems like there's a, a, a few more deals that you guys are looking to do. But so far, um, you've you've brought in a couple of players. First off, Nayafa Gerd, um from Reigns. He's come in thirty-one million, um, mm. quite quite a pricey fee to, to to pay. But I think he's one of those center backs that I found has been quite understated. Um, I guess it took a while for him to become really recognized as. Is quite a solid, um, very aerial uh, dominant centre back, um, and I, I just think year and year he's gotten better. And if there was a position for West Ham that I was thinking, let's bring someone in, um, the the two positions for me would have been obviously maybe someone to either come up front and take over mm-hmm. from Antonio, and he can either move back to the wing or it's just depth and and they can rotate, and then bringing in someone that's going to be the undisputed number one centre-back for you guys because we have seen quite a bit of rotation. Were, were you having the same feelings going into the window and what were your thoughts when, when Agurd came in? Uh, well, obviously, you know, last season centre-back was the position we had our most injuries in, especially towards the end of the season. Uh, Ogbonna sustained a really bad ACL injury uh, very early, early on in the season. Uh, Dawson actually has been playing with an injury throughout the whole of the season. He's had to have uh, shots to be able to continue to play uh, injections. So, uh, and obviously Zuma as well has had problems with injury. So that's never promising. Uh, so we need, we definitely needed to get in a centre back. Uh, but a guard is definitely not there to make up the numbers. Uh, you know, we were desperate for a ball playing centre back, and his numbers are insane. Um, one thing as well is the way he switches the play is really good. You know, I, I don't know if you sort of watch us play that often, but we like to sort of knock it up to. Antonio let him sort of keep it down and hold the ball up and I think Agard is going to be really crucial in sort of getting that uh, that ball up to him really really quickly um, and also you know like you say he's uh, he's there to do a defensive job and he looks really good he's very quick as well I mean you know everyone was going crazy watching this video of him sort of outpacing Mbappe so <laughs> with expectations like that um, it's going to be really good but you always do worry the, the step up from Ligue 1 to the Premier League because it's a really big step up but um, from what I've seen from him pre-season, I think he looks really, really good. And obviously, again, another problem we have is uh, we've got a bit of an ageing squad. So to get someone in of his age, I believe he's 26, 27, um, you'd imagine that partnership of uh, Zuma and Agard is potentially four, six years in the making. So for me, 30 million is quite pricey, but I'm, I'm really glad that we managed to get it over the line. Um, he, he really does excite me. I think he's going to be a really, really good centre-back. Um, and considering how well Ogbonna played last year, uh, to get into the West Ham team at centre back is not an easy option, you know. So I'm really excited to see him play, and uh, also a little uh, sort of milestone of snubbing Newcastle as well. It's you know it's always encouraging to see a player choose um, us over the money. So I was really encouraged by that. Yeah, and and I think you know with, he's kind of spoken about that step up to the Premier League and said, look, I've played some of these teams in Europe which I think has been really helpful. He's, I think he played Leicester and Tottenham last season. He played mm. Chelsea the season before. So he, he's he's had a feel for, I guess many would say, the, the, the concern many people would have is the physicality of the Premier League. So he's, he's, you know, he's had games with some of those players, gotten a feel for that. And I think just in general, having played three years of European football against, you know, top teams around the world, I think will will do him good. And... 
I think it's it's smart for for West Ham to bring in a player, as you said, 26 years old, that you know is able to go Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, or you know, or Sunday, yeah, Thursday, yeah. or whatever, and and he doesn't really get too injured. I mean, probably the biggest injury for him was when he got COVID, which you know yeah. you, you can't really can't really legislate it's, uh, for that. It's quite ironic you say that because he's actually picked up a knock and he's oh no, <laughs> oh, yeah no. he's. Uh, He's in, he's injured for a month. He picked up a knock in a, a preseason game against Rangers. Oh, um, I didn't I didn't see the game. I didn't see the injury, but um, people were a little bit worried. Um, and he put out a post on uh, social media saying, "I'll come back really really strong, like next year, whatever it was." And everyone was like, "How bad is this injury?" Uh, but it was uh, it was just because the he w- wasn't able to make the World Cup uh, squad for Morocco. Uh, of which he is a really, really integral player for them as well. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, we'll be waiting a little bit of time to see him uh, on the pitch. So, oh, well, well, hopefully that's the last of the injuries for him. Um, as yeah. you said, it, it's kind of it, hopefully it's not becoming a cursed position for you guys at centre back. Um, I'm sure he'll be fine though. He'll come back and, and do really well. Um, you've brought in an interesting player as well in in Flint Downs from mm. Swansea. Um, a bit of a surprise for me, but. Then looking, you know, going and looking and seeing what he brings to what he's brought to Swansea. Um, one of those quite confident players on the ball. He seemed to be kind of the the metronome for Swansea. And we've seen in the past Swansea have produced some really technically gifted players, um, comfortable on the ball, passing and moving, um, which I think just adds a bit of variety to your midfield. You you got some big boys in midfield, um, the likes of uh, Declan Rice, Suchek. Um, I remember seeing Declan Rice um, when Spurs played West Ham this past season and just the sheer size of him. He, he's a lot bigger than I thought he was, uh, to be honest. So it will be nice, I think, to have someone that's um, to play off of them. Um, as I said, pass and move always be an option in midfield. Um, is it one of those that just add one, add another body into midfield or do you see himself sort of bullying his way into the, the starting lineup? Um, well, you know, like you say, he's a different player. He's a, he's a lot more mobile than players like Rice and Suchek because of, you know, his sort of size. Um, but he's got 93% pass accuracy in the championship last season. So that's a really encouraging stat for us. And I mean, realistically, I see him as kind of the, the Declan Rice understudy, probably. I mean, he seems like he's going to sit in that pocket and sort of pick the ball up and then distribute it to either Suchek or the wingers. Um and if you're looking at it from that sort of stance, then he's got no chance of getting in the first 11, unfortunately. So I do see him as more of a squad player. But, you know, players have come in and, and impressed us in the past. You know, who'd have thought uh, Dawson, for instance, would come in and, and, and take the likes of uh, Ogbonna and Diop's spot? So, you know, anything can happen, really. And he's a really encouraging player. Also, to see like a, a homegrown talent that is a West Ham fan for and through, you know, he, he sort of grew up around the area. You know, one thing that, you know, everybody doesn't really get about West Ham is David Moyes is so meticulous about who he brings through the door because he's got such a good uh, sort of squad morale and squad mentality at the moment that he doesn't want to disrupt that. Um, and it's probably a key reason as to why we're playing so well is because, you know, this is probably the most together West Ham team that I've ever seen. So he needs to bring through characters through the door. And I think Flynn Downs, if anything, even if he doesn't get any minutes, will be a character in the dressing room and will fit in well, um, and definitely has potential to play in other competitions. And, you know, like you say, squad depth is super important when you're playing in four competitions. But 
I don't really see him as breaking through into the first team this season, at least. And I still think Moyes will be getting in uh, a more cultured centre mid to potentially take the place of Suchek. Yeah, and and if if the case is that you know he's coming in as a potential Declan Rice uh, replacement, I think it's it's smart to bring him in now so he can play. You can, he can kind of bed in without the pressure of. You can imagine if he comes in after Rice is gone, the expectations oh, totally. would just go. Um, you know, would just go sky high. So yeah, I, I think that's a smart move. He gets to settle in. Good to bring in players that are West Ham fans, born and bred type of situation. Um, and especially if, if Mark Noble's retiring, um, you got to get the West Ham, um, fans numbers in the dressing room back up again. Um, absolutely. So yeah, I, I like that signing. Uh, you've convinced me a lot more than, than when I first saw. I, as I said, the, the thing that struck out for me was just how good he was at ball retention, making sure the team doesn't mm. lose the ball. And we've seen a lot of teams in the Premier League start to do, you know, a lot of pressing. And if you've got a player like him that's very comfortable on the ball, I think he could be quite press resistant and help you guys out in the lead. Um, you've also brought back Ariola. Obviously, he was there last season. I thought he did quite well. Um, obviously, gets gets the move. Eight million for him. I think mm. that one's just a no-brainer. He, he's just done totally. so well. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was between him and Pope. Uh, Pope is a player that I really, really admire. I think Newcastle have got a really good buy there. But eight million for somebody, you know, like I said, the dressing room is so, so important to David Moyes. This is why he takes so long for his transfers. Um, and realistically, somebody that's already played for the club has settled in over the past year. There's not going to be any conversation of where you're going to live, you know, what you're going to do. It's not a big move for him because he's going from, you know, he's staying in London. So, and for eight million, I mean, that realistically is peanuts to any football club. To sign a starter, because I think he should be our number one next season. I think he proved that last season. Um, to potentially sign a starter for eight million, I think that's it's got to be a really good bit of business. Everyone's got to be looking at West Ham there and thinking, how have they got him for eight million? Because I, I was thinking more along the lines of 15, 20 million. Um, and, you know, you know, when you're signing players like Agard for 30, you'd say, you know, players of Areola's calibre for eight million is pretty good. And, yeah, he's 29 years old, but I feel like that's kind of your prime as a goalkeeper. I think between sort of like 28 and like 34, really, that's when you're kind of in your prime as a goalkeeper. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited to have him in there. And again, goalkeeper was a position that we desperately needed. Um, I'm really not a big fan of Fabianski at all. Uh, I don't think he's commanding enough in his box. I don't think he, you know, I think when he saves, he doesn't really get it out of danger quickly enough. And his distribution's not great either. These are all three things that I think Areola's got and to kind of, for him to kind of not snub PSG, but to kind of accept to move away from PSG and again, accept lower wages is just a really good kind of win and a coup for the club. And I think it, it helps with, as you were saying, that whole squad harmony thing is he's coming from obviously a, a really big club in PSG, but he's willing to take a wage cut. He's willing to, you know, come to West Ham and I like players like this coming to West Ham because I think it mm. just helps raise the, the the expectation of the players themselves because Areola is coming in to win things um yeah. you know he's won things in the past he's coming to win things now um I, I think it's a really really smart signing for you guys obviously uh, Nathan Trot comes in as well um it's just is it just one of those where with David Martin um leaving just to get another goalkeeper in there 
um, to, to, to add a few bodies? Yeah, I mean, uh, Nathan Trott was on loan uh, yeah. last season, so he's just come back. Uh, he's a very young, exciting goalkeeper, so uh, obviously to get him back on loan is definitely like a new sign-in. Um, but yeah, he's got he's got a lot of potential, and uh, I think we're going to move Darren Randolph as well. Um, so obviously we are going to be left a little bit short in the goalkeeper department. Um, but again, he's a player that I don't expect to get a lot of game time this season, unless you know we're putting out the the sort of youth team. But uh, yeah, he's he's a really really promising player. There's a lot of hype about him at the club at the moment. Yeah. Would you be surprised if he went on on loan again? I, th- I mean, again, with Martin and potentially Randolph leaving, um, I'm not sure it is the best idea. Uh, obviously, goalkeepers tend to be a position you don't really get too many injuries in. Um, but I think in terms of like his development, his career, he definitely needs another loan. Probably the championship. I think he spent uh, his loan last season in League One. So obviously that move up to the championship would be really good for him. Um, yeah, I mean, if we kept Randolph, uh, I see no reason as to why we shouldn't loan him out. But I'd be a little bit more hesitant if we uh, sort of have just two goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, he's in that awkward position where he he's a bit too old to be playing in the, the younger age groups. And I think a bit too good to be playing in those age groups. He needs that yeah. first team football. Um, but you also don't want to leave yourselves short um, in goalkeeper. But you've had a couple of players that have left. Um, uh, yarmolenko has gone out. I think he's already found a, a, a club, Al Ain FC. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's going to be a position, and I think you hinted to it a bit earlier, where you guys definitely need to replace him. Um, I thought him as a squad player coming off the bench as a goal threat as well is really important, especially with these five substitutes that, that are kicking in. You need uh, a lot of players that are capable to to come in and make an impact when they do come in. So um, were you expecting him to leave? Were you hoping for him to stay? No, I was definitely expecting to leave. And um, to be honest, I wasn't really hoping for him to stay. That sounds quite harsh. Uh, he's given us a lot of great moments over the course of his career. You know, obviously that goal against Chelsea, uh, scoring in the Europa League as well. But realistically, he was sort of coming to the end of his time at West Ham. He was on a very high wage. Um, and a bit controversial to say, but um, prior to the Ukrainian war, he was very sort of, you know, scuffly. He didn't really look like he cared that much. And I think uh, sort of, that situation lit a fire under him a little bit and he started playing really, really well towards the end of the season. Um, but, you know, sort of prior to that and, and the season prior as well, um, he just sort of didn't really look like he wanted to be there. Um, he just he just didn't really seem like he was enjoying his football at all. Um, so I think it was kind of good for all parties that he left. And realistically, we do need someone in who's a little bit younger Um on hopefully a, a less wage. I think it was on about 109k a, a, a week, which is a very high wage considering he's kind of a squad player. Um, but, you know, he's given us some great moments over our career. Really wishing the best. He's a, he's a really, really great person. So um, yeah, it was great to see him sort of have that little, uh, I'm, I'm glad we kind of ended things on good terms. Cause I think a lot of people getting on his back towards midway through the season. And obviously now he's ended his career with, the idea of, you know, the Europa League goal and all these other goals in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, he was definitely one that I expected to leave, though. Yeah, well, it, I'm glad that it's one of those situations where both parties, it was the right time 
Um, and as you mentioned, if, if Moyes is a big, um, has a big emphasis on that squad, um, unity and everyone pulling in the same direction, you do want players that are going to be sort of wanting to be there and at least showing that, um, on and off the pitch. So yeah, no issues there, um, for him to go. And as you said, with the wages as well, it, it's always good to get big players' wages off of off the wage bill. I think it allows to the, the club to do a lot more. Um, also, Ryan Fredericks has left. Uh, he's mm. gone to Bournemouth. Um, he he was a weird one for me. I, I didn't know how to to sort of judge him. There, there are times when I see him and I'm like, okay, he's quite solid. Yeah, and and then it sort of just. He, but he, it, he has a ceiling. Like, the, like yeah. I'm, I'm, I keep every time he gets the ball, I'm expecting him to do a bit more than he does. Um, I don't know if he if he just plays within himself or something. Did did you get that impression of him too, or what did you think of his time at at West Ham? Yeah, you're not you're not the only one, mate. To be fair, um, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of people described him as a bit as a track star. Like he just he was really really fast, really fast, but he didn't really do much more than that. Um. <laughs> There was a stage of his career where he was playing sort of right winger striker for us as well, and people were thinking maybe this is you know his preferred position. Um, but no, I mean we've just we've got so much quality in the in the right back position with uh, Soufal, Ashby, and Johnson that he, he has no place in this team unfortunately anymore. Um, and like you say, he's not really done a lot to to turn my head and think, are we going to regret losing Ryan Fredericks on a free? Um, but I think he's going to do really well at Bournemouth. I think um, I think that's a, a really really smart signing from them. Uh, and on his day, he's a, a top class fullback. But unfortunately for us, um, we need our fullbacks to be quite versatile. We need them to have a good good cross into the box. And yeah, Fredericks never seemed to sort of grasp that concept of the game. Like I said, he's he's just a bit of a track star, mate. He just kind of runs in one direction, runs really quickly. Um, and probably the highlight of his career was uh, playing on right wing and, and pocketing Jack Grealish for a game, and everyone was sort of hailing Moyes as the, the ultimate tactician. But yeah, I mean, again, he's he's one I kind of expected to leave. Um, and like I say, we've got so much quality in the right back position. I'd rather give uh, a youth player like Ashby a go at right back uh, and free up the wages for Fredericks than sort of just keep him festering in the squad. But um, yeah, I mean. I was a big fan of him when he first uh, sort of signed and uh, I'm not overly happy to see him go, but realistically, I think it works out for everybody and I think uh, Bournemouth have got a really good player there. Yeah, um, hope, hopefully he does well there. And I think also the, the standards, especially now that West Ham have been reaching and, and aiming to reach, I think he's he's a step below that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable, you know, ch- trying to challenge for that you know, for those European places with him playing too many minutes for, for West Ham. But yeah, so Definitely. we've got um, Alex Kral, who was obviously on loan. I think he's he's found himself another loan again in any case. But is it one of those where it didn't quite work out for him at at West Ham? What did you make of his loan spell? Well, you know, I've, talk, I've talked about the quality of right back, but uh, the quality of midfield is something else, isn't it? Trying to get, uh, I think he would be taking the Declan Rice position. Uh, trying to get that spot is just near nigh impossible. I mean, the guy barely gets injured. The guy runs all over the pitch. He's so integral to West Ham that you, you know you, you just can't you just can't take his place. And uh, again, Suchek's a very hard role to fill as well because uh, the way he sort of attacks as a midfielder, you know, trying to have someone else with his brain and his mindset is quite difficult. Um, 
But I think I think he mustered about six minutes of Premier League football, <laughs> and somehow he's managed to indoctrinate himself into the West Ham Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> on on Twitter, he's kind of being held held as a you know the greatest six minutes of every any West Ham player ever, <laughs> which is quite funny to see. But um, yeah, again, you know, I'd rather give someone like Coventry a go, who's just come back from loan from uh, MK Dons. Uh, that that just makes more sense to me. I never really saw us signing Crow, and you know, I think he's gone to uh, Hoffenheim, I think it is, yeah. or Schalke. So I can't remember which one it is. But um, realistically, if he's going to one of those clubs, then that sort of shows the kind of level he's at. No disrespect to those clubs, but um, yeah, we definitely it, it never really worked out. And I think had we have not had the recommendation from Sufau and, and Suchek, we wouldn't have got him on loan in the first place. So. Um, yeah, that was, it was a bit of a weird one for me, but it, it'll always be remembered fondly in West Ham Hearts for some reason. Yeah, well, look, no, no harm, no foul. Um, and and as as you said, the greatest six minutes ever. I like that. Um, we mentioned a bit earlier, David Martin. He's left uh, the club, and then also, I guess the the, the big sentimental one and Mark Noble retiring. Mm-hmm. Um, is he is he going to be? hanging around in and around the club maybe um or is it kind of a, a, a full retirement from him well it's quite interesting because uh in his in his speech and it was kind of always understood that uh, when he left the club he was going to take a big long holiday um you know obviously being a footballer you don't get a lot of time to see your kids and he was quite keen to kind of you know take on the dad role again and see his kids and you know have fun with his family and uh, I don't even know this but he's um he's actually quite a well-off footballer um, I know he's played in the Premier League for quite a while, but he's uh, he does really well in um, sort of like the stock markets. He's got um, a lot of money tied up in estates and stuff. So he does really well for himself. He's got no reason to come back to the football club besides just, you know, pure boredom and love, I imagine. <laughs> you know, you can imagine after playing football for the last 14, 16 years, you know, and after, you know, playing with West Ham on, on FIFA and getting to the Champions League, you know, you're getting a bit bored at home, aren't you? You know, you're just sort of kicking a beanbag about and you're thinking, you know, what am I doing now? Um, so there is talk of him coming uh, in a position to where he will be not alongside the board in a, in a funding sort of sense, but um, potentially director of football, I think, oh, wow. uh, yeah. coming into the club and just sort of being a voice. Uh, I'd quite like to see him in a, in a youth role because I think the way he shepherded um, like Dean Garner, for instance, and, and Declan Rice, I think, and obviously like, you know, if a youth player sees Mark Noble come in, uh, that's someone to look up to. That's, you know, this could be me in, in you know, 16 years time, captain of the club and, and whatever. So I think he'd be really good at that. But I think at the moment he's coming back uh, as some sort of, uh, you know, footballing role of like consulting and stuff. Uh, but I think he'll be a really good bridge between uh, the fans and the board because obviously we don't really see eye to eye very often. So, you know, he is a West Ham fan foremost. Uh, for instance, you know, you can imagine if he was in the board uh, boardroom during the Dean Garner sale that he would have been quite irate and had something to say about it. So it's really encouraging. And, and you you want to see Mark at the club. You know, you never want to see him leave. Um, and hopefully there's potential for a coaching role at some stage in his uh, his career. Yeah. And, and especially, as you said, um, with how much he, you know, how much he is West Ham in, in, in some sense you don't want to lose all that knowledge, um, you know, all the, all that stature that he has in the club. I, mm. I, I liked the youth shout. 
until you mentioned the him being the bridge between the fans and and the board or you know the the, the suits upstairs so to speak um i think that could be a really vital role uh, role because there has been uh, quite a bit of you know heated contention going on there but oh, the youth thing if you know if he's just walking around you know you know around the youth academy making sure everyone kind of understands what it means to be a West Ham player. And if he, if he can ingrain that into them quite young and they're coming through with that, uh, um, I, that that was the, the role I had initially thought of. But yeah, I do like the one where he, he is bridging the gap. Maybe he can do both. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um, he'll, but he'll, yeah. He'll always want to do both, I think. You know, he's, he wants to be as involved as possible. And even if he's director of football, he's going to pop down to Rush Green and he's going to pop down to the youth and he, they'll probably set him up to do uh, seminars and assemblies and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, but like, you know, like you said, youth definitely was the kind of one that, uh, you know, screamed to me, this, this is a perfect sort of marriage for us. Um, yeah. So, and as you said, it, it's not like he's um, coming to do it for the money anyway. So no. if he does join the board, for example, it's, it's more for the passion of the club and making sure he does right by you guys uh, in that sense. But Quite a bit of business there that we've spoken about, and you guys certainly aren't done yet. Um, I'm looking at what's kind of left to do for for West Ham if we jump into that. Um, Skamaka, obviously, I think the the biggest one there, just trying to get that one over the line. I think I think he is would be a ma- you know I, I like Antonio and I like what he's done, and and I think he's done really well, but. Skamaka's on a different level, in my opinion. And and we've seen, um, I don't know if it's just a general theme around the Premier League, but a lot of clubs are starting to bring in more of a traditional number nine player. We've seen what the likes of Man City and Liverpool. We've seen, you know, Arsenal maybe bring in. Arsenal were weird because um, they were looking at a traditional number nine. Um, you know, the and then they got, links and, yeah. and then they went and got not a traditional number nine. But yeah, yeah, I, I had a bit of fun with the the Arsenal um, state of the nation address. I, I, I think I, maybe I was a bit too harsh. Um, <laughs> at least that's what some of the comments were saying. I was a bit too harsh on them with um, some of the decision making that they've made. But anyway, <laughs> um, we've also seen the success that uh, an, like an Ivan Tony has had. In the mm. Premier League, that physical presence up top. Is that what you're trying to hope for in, in getting a guy like Skamaka in? And and does Antonio stay up front um, or does he then move back out wide? No, I mean, uh, he will stay out front, but he will definitely drop to the bench. And, and obviously, um, it's a weird one. The West Ham striker position is always one we've never really gotten right. Uh, you know, in all my time as a West Ham fan, there's not really a striker that, jumps out to me as our standout striker, if that makes sense. Like all of them are a bit sort of, you know, hit and miss. Uh, so yes, yeah, it's a really weird one because when we play, Antonio sort of knocks the ball down and, uh, you know, chest the ball and keeps it up front, distributes it to the wingers. But then Jared Bowen kind of cuts in from the right and then Antonio goes to the right or even potentially the left. And then Fornells or Ben Rama cuts in from the left. So it's all one big, like, I wouldn't want to see the team sheet because all the, all the arrows are going <laughs> everywhere. Um, you know, I don't know how David Moy sort of explains it to them, but um, obviously you won't get that with Skamaka because, like you say, he is a traditional number nine. Um, but in terms of playing ability, he's a player. He's an absolute player. He's six foot five, but at six foot five, he's really, really good, like technically. Um, you know, I don't want to compare him to Haller because obviously 
you know, that was one of our major mistakes. But the way Haller was able to sort of throw his body about as a big dude, like, you know, putting on overhead kicks and flicks and stuff. Skamaka's just like that as well. Um, uh, you know, technically he's a really, really good player. But one thing we've kind of missed for West Ham for a very long time is just a lethal shot. You know, you feel like, who are you going to get the ball to in the West Ham team that's going to 100% just, you know, swack that ball into the back of the net? And Skamaka looks like that kind of player. But he's not similar to Antonio in the sense that, or even Brozier in the sense that he's going to, you know, sort of pick up the ball at his feet and then he's going to kind of hold it up and then distribute it wide. So I imagine he'll kind of be just a bit of a train. He'll just kind of run at people um, and we're just going to try and sort of get him into the box. But it does worry me because when we bought Haller, he didn't really suit our play style. Will it be the same case with Skamaka? You know, he doesn't seem like a similar player to Antonio, but you know, like you say, uh, Juventus, Arsenal, PSG, all interested in him. Traditional number nine, which is something we don't really have at the moment, and it's something we've all cried out for. Um, you know, he really, really excites me. Yeah, I, I think that's an exciting sign. And I think if anyone's going to be pleased with a signing like that, I think it would be like Jared Bowen, because I, I, I think it's it's just going to create so much space for for the wingers. If, if he's able to occupy both sort of centre-backs, as yeah. a traditional number nine, staying in the middle. Whereas I suppose, as you're saying, there's a lot more movement at the moment with Antonio drifting out wide. It kind of eats up a little bit of the space for the guys like Bowen at times. So I, I, I'm really excited and interested to see how he does. Um, mm. With the Broher links, do you think it was one or the other? I, I think it should be one or the other. I, I, I don't really think it makes sense even to bring Broher in and alone because... You know, we've currently got Antonio in the team, uh, who I definitely think has still has a place in that team. You know, there's no there's no reason why Skamaka is going to go straight in that lineup and he's going to take Antonio's place. I think, you know, realistically, eventually he will. But, you know, Antonio at the start of the season was the best striker I've ever seen at West Ham. He was a, he was a different animal. You know, I think to, to think that he finished the season on 12 or 14 top scorer and he didn't score for like, you know, a couple of months you know, just shows how well he started the season. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really see us, we, it definitely won't be a permanent, but I don't really see us getting Brozier and Skamaka. Uh, Brozier's obviously Moyes' number one and probably most West Ham players number one because, you know, he's so similar to Antonio and, and that means we'd have to change our playing style too much. But um, yeah, it's, it definitely, it definitely is going to be a case of one or the other. But realistically, we've waited almost two years for a striker now. If at the end of that two years, it's Skamaka or Brozier, I'm a very happy hammer. So, yeah, I'm definitely happy about all of that. Yeah, yeah, it, it would be good um, to at least land one of those. And and guys, if you guys want to be happy this off-season, then definitely link up with our presenting sponsors. Um, obviously, this podcast is presented by EPRindex.com in association with Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. You can check out their services at LibertyShield.com. You guys can save with the coupon code EPL25. That gets you 25% off of the router or the software VPN. It's a virtual private network. It's a technology that encrypts your internet traffic to protect you from, to protect your online identity, hide your IP address and shield your online data from third parties. Um, you can change your lo- location. You can avoid geo blocks and government imposed restrictions to access any websites. Finally, also go check out EPL index shop. You'll find it on Etsy uh, if you use the code EPL10. That gets you 10% off at checkout. Um, 
let's continue with um, some of the players that could be coming in. We've seen Jesse Lingard go to um, Forest. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you guys had links to him. Um, I'm interested to hear what you have to say on the whole Lingard thing. For me, I'm cli- I'm, I'm kind of glad you didn't get. It. I think you've you. I get the you know the the hype with his loan, you know the the back end of his loan and 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 how well he did there. But if you're looking at the money that he was asking for, you mentioned the squad harmony. He seems like a player that when things are going well would get along with everyone in the squad and then mm. one day just walk in and disrupt everything. Um, maybe it's being a bit harsh, but he doesn't always tend to be as focused on football as I like my players to be. Uh, but he ends up at Forest. We'll see how he gets on there. Were you wanting him back? No. no I, wasn't. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, mate. Absolutely. Um, whether he is or isn't, he's come across as a very arrogant, childish footballer across this whole debacle, you know, all these cryptic messages uh, on sort of social media, TikToks. I mean, it's just, it's exhausting. It, the six-month loan, when it ended, it made sense for him to come to West Ham. He decided to fight for his place at Man United, which, you know, fair enough, respect to you, you decided to do that. And he didn't, he, he didn't do it. You know, he didn't manage to do it. Um, this window, I was kind of a bit over it. I was like, you know, it made sense. Like I said, it made sense at the end of the last transfer window. Doesn't really make too much sense now. But on a free transfer, you know, like you know, freeing up money for other positions from a financial side of, uh, side of it, I was like, you know, he's Moyes' man. Fair enough, get him in. But I gave up on Jesse Lingard a very long time ago. Uh, and you know, like you say, you don't want someone like that at your club. Um, I, th- I think for a footballer who's 29 years of age and realistically flopped at Man United uh, and has struggled for game time for Man United in a side that, you know, has been very abject of quality. He's had the opportunity to come in and make his mark. You know, the, the best six month, of his, uh, the best return of his career was it was a six month spell at West Ham. And, you know, he's chosen not to sign with us and is demanding ridiculous money. Uh, I think our offer was 50k lower, but for three years, which you know, over the course of three years, you'll make more money than if you sign for Forest for one year and then you have to renegotiate. I just hope to God that we don't renegotiate next year. Um, <laughs> I honestly feel like um, David Moyes has, has fallen in love with Jesse Lingard. There's something there's something weird going on behind the scenes there, you know. Um, he's getting, he's literally getting played by Jesse Lingard, you know. Uh, if, it, if it was Love Island, like, <laughs> you know, you'd have David Moyes as kind of like the, the you know, my head's not turning like I want you Jesse I just want you and Jesse's like yeah no I just want you as well and then he's like (laughs) chatting to like six different girls and stuff like um it just doesn't make sense for me why it's almost a bit embarrassing the way we've gone about it like I've already you know the way we're waiting for Jesse Lingard's call I've almost got like a an image in my head of like David Moyes cuddled up in a blanket like (laughs) Joyce Byers in uh, Stranger Things with a phone in his lap just waiting for him to ring like it is a little bit embarrassing the way it's all gone about but um, I think he'll do well at Forest, but I, I never really wanted him at the club, and I've I've had that stance since the transfer window started. So um, I'm I'm pretty happy not to have him at the club as it happens. I just think it looks a bit embarrassing for us the way things have got about it, and obviously Forest fans are very encouraged to sort of you know banter us and all oh, we're getting in West Ham's heads and stuff. So you know they'll enjoy that, and Lingard will enjoy 
however much money he's on, it's it's still not very clear. But um, I think you know, sticking to our guns for wages is, is a good thing. You know, when just just because you're a free transfer doesn't mean you're going to come in here and demand money. Like I'm glad that we kind of you know saved face a little bit by not getting sort of bossed about by a player. No player's bigger than the club. Um, so yeah, I'm very happy not to see him through the doors of West Ham. Yeah, and, and I can imagine, you know, the transfer negotiations or the contract negotiations going something similar to, well, Areola's come from a bigger position than you and he's mm. willing to take a wage cut. Like, what's your issue? Like, I, I just didn't, it didn't make sense to me. Um, right. And as you said, he had that six months where he was playing brilliant football. Why would he not want to have that back? Like, yeah, but anyway, um, the the only thing though is, if if I was a West Ham fan, I would have loved him to sign a one-game contract um, so he plays against Arsenal at the Emirates because he just always seems to do damage yeah. at the Emirates. Um, so if he can come in uh, on a loan deal for one game, maybe yeah. maybe sort something out for that. Yeah, I mean, how much is he going to be asking for that, though? You know, like 5.8, <laughs> 5. you know? Like, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Is it, if we put some sort of goal bonus in there, we'll be bankrupt by the end of the week. So um, all I'm saying is... I'm 100% putting money on Jesse Lingard scoring against us uh, for Nottingham <laughs> oh, no. Forest. It's going to happen and it's going to rattle every single West Ham fan. Every single West Ham fan is going to be irate when Jesse Lingard scores against us for Nottingham Forest. So, will he celebrate? Oh, of course he will. Of course he's going <laughs> to celebrate. You know, he'll, he'll have one of those, um, he'll, he'll hide like a bag of money behind the goal and he'll start shoving it up in the air. And he'd be like, I don't need this anymore. I'm on 200k a week, mate. Um, he, you know, he didn't celebrate for Man United, which was respectful. But yeah. I think he feels a bit hard done by because he's like, well, if you want me, pay the money, you know. Um, and obviously, we're not willing to pay the money. So his argument would be, well, they don't value me as a player as much as other clubs. Um, but obviously, our argument is, well, that's a fair wage. So, you know, we can't exactly... I don't really get it from a Forest point of view where your highest pay, pay players at 35k and you're going to bring in a player who's probably minimum 120k even 80k you know you're basically saying you know what's Jesse Lingard done to get in that Nottingham Forest team what's he done to earn it and he's on 50k more than the highest paid player has a chance to disrupt the dressing room you know but I reckon he'll celebrate and I reckon it'll be a very vigorous celebration <laughs> as well um and it's going to rattle every single West Ham fan so you know Definitely watch out for that because it'd be some, be some funny scenes, I reckon. Oh my goodness. Okay, so we'll, we'll look out for that one during the course yeah. of the season. But um, are there any other positions? I know before we started recording, you mentioned left back and winger. Um, and then we were kind of discussing the whole uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain situation. Mm. I know from, I was saying to you from Liverpool's side of things, they've sort of set a price, um, you know, 10 million, which I think is decent it, it, you know it's not too high a price which is usually the worry with Liverpool's they usually do sometimes price their players quite high I mean Neko Williams going for almost what 15 16 million yeah um, I mean yeah I, I I don't know why you're paying that 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 much for him but I think yeah. 10 million is decent for Ox but I think the biggest stumbling block for him is the wages you've just come off mentioning Lingard wasn't willing to to sort of take a a a favorable wage i think ox might be that type in in that situation not the same type of player like the troublesome lingard so to speak yeah um or the the yeah um but ox i think he he nice guy um 
I think probably the opposite of Lingard, very down to earth, um, hard worker, etc. I think injuries, unfortunately, have gotten the better of him. But yeah. his wages, I think, I don't see him wanting to go below the, I think he's on around 120, 130 at Liverpool, which is quite a bit. It is um, quite a bit, yeah. And and I know in the past, that's been a stumbling block for him leaving Liverpool. Um, he's had offers on the tables and they've just not matched his wages and he's turned them down would you know in knowing that with with the wages and is that something you'd be comfortable giving him 120 or is it just hoping that he takes a wage uh, wage cut I mean you know being a Liverpool fan yourself would you would you kind of say he's more of like a number 10 or he's more of an eight like what would you kind of say his position is because he's he's played at quite a few different positions in his career isn't he and he's you know obviously don't play with a number 10 at Liverpool but what would you kind of say is he's he's most suited to I I think he's more suited to the 10 role, but he wants to play in the 8 role. I think that's yeah. the issue. Is He 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 sees himself as uh, like a centre midfielder, maybe playing next to Declan Rice. Yeah. Whereas I, I think he's better suited higher up the pitch, less responsibility defensively. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that's the sticky point. He he wants to play as a centre midfielder, I think he should play at, at least as, as a 10, you know, maybe even on the wing as well, but don't, don't drop him too deep in, into yeah. midfield. Selfishly as a Liverpool fan, I hope you do <laughs> sign him or at least someone yeah. signs him because yeah. um, there, there are plans to replace him. Um, the, you know, if, if he does leave, we've got replacements ready to come in. Yeah. And, and those are some exciting players that, that we're looking at there. But if I was a West Ham fan, I wouldn't want him in. I think yeah. I, the injuries for me, first and foremost, is he can't play two games a week. So you're going to have to manage him in terms of, you know, he's only going to play once a week. And then the wages, are, it's just going to be an albatross because he, he's he's getting a bit older. Um, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it. I would be looking at maybe a, a slightly younger, more robust player to come in instead of him. Um, yeah. But yeah, as I said, selfishly, I, I wouldn't complain if if you guys do want him. Um, but yeah, so left back and winger. Do, do you have anyone specific in in those positions that that you'd be hoping the club bring in? Um, oh man, it's a really weird one. Uh, the left back situation because there's not actually a great pool of left backs available at the moment. Um, I think Ram was our um, number one. Hop from Hoffenheim is more of a left wing back, um, but I think he's just uh, signed for Leipzig, or at least there's definitely a, a deal in place for that. Um, Windau is another person we looked at who I think kind of that's died down oddly enough David Moyes is kind of looking for a left wing back which sort of leads me to believe that either he's going to be using the back five a little bit more often this year um, or that he's going to move to a back five completely uh, I don't see Creswell as our starting left back next season I, for a long time I think he especially defensively has not been at it at all Um you know, from from a dead ball and set piece sort of standard, he's you know up there with the best in the Premier League in my opinion. Uh, but defensively, he's really really weak. I think left side is definitely our weaker side of the team. Uh, don't tell Liverpool, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, it looks like we're going to be signing Kostic, a left wing back from um, Frankfurt. You know, if you can't beat him, buy him. I guess is kind of our start <laughs> yeah. at the moment. Um, obviously, playing for Frankfurt. Um, yeah, it's a weird one that because you know, like again, he he got sort of, I think the most assists, um, uh, not the most assists, sorry, he got like forty nine assists 
last season, which was, I think, like top four or top five in, across the five leagues. Um, and I think he got player of the tournament or player of the year or something for the um, uh, Europa League Europa or something. League, yeah. yeah, something like that. So he's a, definitely a good player. But again, like he's, he's definitely more of a left wing back, if anything, a left mid. So if he's going to be taking that left back spot, I don't know. The left back spot of West Ham is a bit weird because uh, Creswell does push up so high that he almost seems like a sort of uh, left wing back. And we use Ben Rama and Fournells kind of track back to cover him. And obviously Declan Rice occupies that space as well. So I don't know. I mean, left back just seems like a spot that we haven't got a name in that we actually want through the door since Rahm's sort of been off the table. I'd quite like to see us going for Grimaldo of uh, Benfica, 26 years old. Yeah. He should be quite cheap. And also, um, not uh, a forever fix, but Tagliafico from Ajax, supposedly available for like 4 million, um, I think would be a decent shout. But yeah, left back for me, it looks like it's probably going to be Kostic. And it'd be, the, the more I think about it, the more I'm warming to it. But it'd definitely be interesting to see why David Moyes is going for wing backs instead of uh, full backs. Whether he's going to convert him into a full back, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely the one that I have the biggest doubts about uh, this season. And um, yeah, be, I haven't really got many answers for that one, I'm afraid. <laughs> no worries. Well, at, at the very least, Orgard is going to be earning his paycheck, chasing people down, you know, oh, totally. in those spaces after after the, the, the wingbacks bomb forward. Um, even if it's a back four. Because yeah, you guys tend to have um, very attack-minded uh, fullbacks in mm. those positions. But uh, last position, the wing position, um, we've mentioned, obviously, Yarmolenko leaving. Um, I've sort of, you know, he's written down here as right winger. Um, can play up front or whatever. Is it more just a, a forward player that can play across the front line or um, would you be looking for more of a specialist in, in one of the wide areas? No, it's definitely it definitely looks like we're going for someone with a bit of bit of pace. You know, the people we're looking at um as Millisar was sort of the biggest one we've seen so far with fifteen million. Um <coughs> also I mean Dwight McNeil is, is more of he's fast, but he's more what you're talking about in terms of your like set piece uh, specialist. Uh he's got like a really good cross, but that's not really how we play necessarily. We don't really, you know, days of sort of sticking a ball in the box and getting Demba Bar on the end of it is kind of <laughs> over for West Ham. So, you know, unless obviously Skamaka is six foot five, whether we're sort of already gearing up, you know, sod it, he's probably in there somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think McNeil, Saar, um, also uh, Traore was another one that we're linked with. Um, so it seems like we are going for a, a pacey winger. Um, none of them are going to come in for Jared Bowen. Obviously, you know, he's one of those untouchables. Um Yes, it's an interesting one. I think we're not willing to splash out a lot of money on a winger. It's definitely going to be a squad player. Um, for me, I'd be going as Melisar just because I think he's got a really good something about him. He's still quite young. Obviously, being in the championship, he, he probably would be able to push a move. Um, but we're also looking as well at centre mid at Onana of Lille. Um, I think our valuations are a little bit far apart. Um, but bringing him in as well for like, he's he's about six foot five as well. So, uh, bringing him in as a kind of like Suchek understudy potential Suchek replacement is really exciting as well. Um, so yeah, we're, we're doing a really good business at the moment, but we're very hot and cold. You know, we sort of sign one or two players and then we go quiet and then we sign one or two players and we go quiet and then every West Ham fan goes to the meltdown. Um, so it'd be very interesting to see how the rest of our window pans out. But 
there's definitely a lot of work to be done. Yeah, Onana would be a fantastic signing um, mm. if you can bring him in. I, I, wow, yeah. Um, I didn't know you guys were, were in for him. He's a he's a player I wouldn't mind at Liverpool just to... I, I have my issues with um, the right side of our midfield. And yeah, um, I know it's a hot take uh, with Liverpool fans, but I do think it needs improve. Or at least I think it's the one area in our team we can improve. Um, but I wouldn't mind if we can't fix that problem to bring Onana in and he can sort of develop behind a Fabinho or something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, I think would be so yeah if you guys can bring Onana in I, I think that would be really 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 good um, I'll, I'll kind of feel bad for for Flynn um, because I, I think I think it might peck yeah. him down a, a level in, in terms of um, his position in the squad but hey um, I guess you guys won't be complaining um, just lastly before we end off here unless you got any other things you do want to discuss West Ham wise um, obviously the before the season ended, there's the big talks of is Declan Rice leaving. I guess that that's something that you guys have to deal with every single um, you know mm. window that comes up. But I, I was happy to see that the talks have started to like die down with regards to that. It, it, it is, especially from the outside looking in, it looks like he is going to stay. Um, I, I I want him to stay at West Ham because I think I think West Ham could make a real push to. To get to at least at the very least to be challenging for that top four spot, um, I think the players a, a, a further year of having played European football, I think they'll be more used to managing you know the two games a week um, a bit better. Um, we, is it one of those things where you wouldn't mind if the club cashes in on him, or is it you know we've seen some players maybe stay a bit too long and then you end up not getting as much money as you want for him. Um, or is it a matter of let's try and keep him at West Ham as long as we can? Well, um, obviously, from a selfish point of view, uh, I'd love to keep Declan Rice for as long as possible. I want him to be the next Mark Noble. Um, but realistically, if he wanted to leave, I'd be well, well behind it. Uh, with Declan Rice, it is, is 1 million percent a case of when, not if. Um, and honestly, I'm I'm really happy for him. I think I would honestly feel better being a West Ham fan to see him go on and win things at City and, you know, win Premier League titles, Champions League titles. So that is the level he plays at and that's the level he deserves to play at. Um, I'd love to see him sort of go on and make that kind of career rather than shackle him to West Ham, a bit like sort of Kane did at, uh, at Spurs. So for me, it's a case of when, not if. And I'll take every single season and year or whatever and every game that we can get with Declan Rice because he's, he is that special. Everything around the club that's happening at the moment is genuinely because of him. Uh you know, we're building a team around him and to have been lucky enough to have, you know, sort of brought him up from the academy uh, and just his sort of, he, he's such a mature guy for his age. Uh, he, he's just been announced as the club captain now that Mark Noble's left, which is a, a great honour. But he's he honestly carries himself like a 28, 29 year old. And I think people forget that he's only 23. Like he's got so much more to show the world. He's got so much more to give. Um, I, I was kind of, I kind of thought perhaps he was going to maybe make the move this season, especially with Conference League, because, uh, you know, obviously I think that is a bit of a step down for his level. Um, but obviously, you know, Chelsea have kind of been priced out of a move for him. Uh, City bought Phillips, that kind of ruled them out. Uh, Real Madrid bought Tushimeni. There's not too many clubs that can kind of afford him at the moment. The only thing for me is in terms of, you know, like you say, like cashing in, uh, you worry about clubs like 
you know, Villa, have they really improved since Grealish left for 100 million? Um, I think if you give me 150 million to spend right now uh, and I had to find a Declan Rice replacement, I probably wouldn't be able to find you a viable one. Um, he really is that important. He really is that unique of a player. Um, there is not really anyone in the market that we can buy right now um, that is going to be able to fill his shoes. So uh, I think probably West Ham are already preparing for that departure and I myself am, but um, he's, he's going to move on to bigger and better things than West Ham. And, and to be honest, I'm very, very happy for him that he will do so because he's not going to win Premier Leagues or Champions Leagues at West Ham and he, he deserves that in his career. So um, yeah, I'm happy not to see him go just yet, but hope he's got another like maybe two or three years left in him, but it's inevitable. He will leave West Ham at one point and um yeah, I think he's going to have a really, really lovely, brilliant career. And and the thing is, as as you mentioned, people forget how young he is. He can still leave at 25, 26. Uh, you know, it, 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 I, I think I think it's better for his career development if he's the central figure of West Ham than being a squad player at, you know, City, for example. Yeah. Um, I, I think it would be a shame, not just for him, but for England as well. Um, I, I think, you know, in, it's not just West Ham that should be building their midfield around someone like him. It's England as well. Yeah. And so for me, I, w- I want him to be playing week in, week week out. And I think the best place for him to do that at the moment is West Ham. Um, I do think if, let's say, like a, a Man United, if he end, ended up there, um, he Ooh. probably starts for them. I know it sounds horrible. and Yeah. But in terms of quality, I think he, he walks into their starting lineup. Um, but if I'm him, why would I go there? I, I think yeah. it's just, it's such a toxic place at the moment. We'll see what Tenag d- does there. But for me, I, 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 I don't want him to go there. Um, yeah. obviously one as a Liverpool fan, but two with the state that Man United are in at the moment, um, stay at West Ham, mate. Um, yeah. and then you, you mentioned, you know, the money that would come in for him. I think the, the, the one thing that I'm okay with him leaving, West Ham now is that West Ham seem to be doing well in the transfer market. So at least this regime right now, I would trust with the 100, 150 million that you'd get for him opposed to previous regimes. It's not the greatest. It's not the greatest. I know, but I'm looking at the business they're doing now. I'm a lot more comfortable you guys getting that money now than I was a couple of years ago because I thought then you guys would have probably wasted the money on on not so great players, big wages, and would have just messed the, the the whole structure of the club. Um, the more this regime is there at the moment with what they're doing, I'm getting more comfortable with them getting yeah. that kind of money. Um, but as you say, I I don't think it will be a matter of you know one in one out. Um, and rep- finding a direct replacement for him, it will probably be two or three bodies to to kind of do everything that he does. He yeah. kind of plays like two players uh, at times. Um, but yeah, I, I saw your face um, thinking about what what this regime could do with 100 to 150 million. Um, yeah. You're still a bit worried about that? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, to be fair to GSP, they're kind of doing everything they can do at the moment. They're spending the money. Um, they're giving Moyes what he wants. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I just can't help but feel if we get 150, 20 is going to go missing. You know, like I just uh, only 20. With, with GSB, there's always going to be that kind of like distrust with them. You know, 
I feel like if you, if you lent them a five and they give you back sort of like two pound fifty sort of thing, you know, like a bit like inflation. Um, <laughs> I don't know with with GSB. I don't know if I really trust them to reinvest the money. I think you know they will kind of argue like they have done in the past. Oh, it's for next season. It's for to pay off this debt. It's for for this for that. Um, I think probably Moyes is the big part of the board that's kind of pushing them to put their hand in their pocket. Uh, you know, they backed Pellegrini and we spent 80, 80 90 million. Um, we look like we're going to kind of supersede that with Moyes, which is, you know, really encouraging. But I think Moyes is definitely sort of a battle axe in the boardroom. And he sort of said, you know, you gave me five million to spend when I first came here. Uh, you know, you, you give sort of gave me like 40 million last season. I need a big kitty to get, you know, get West Ham where they need to be. Um, but yeah, I'm, I think everyone's a little bit wary of GSB to a certain extent, but in all fairness to them, they are doing really well at the moment. And, you know, with an extra 150 million spend this season, this transfer window, I think specifically this transfer window, they would spend it well. Uh, but next season, who knows? Who knows? Just, just make sure the money goes to Mark Noble and he decides how, how, how it's spent on the squad. Yeah. Um, I want a receipt. Oh, that's what I want. I want a nice <laughs> receipt. Definitely. Riley, it's it's been so good um, having you on. Uh, that's going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable. Do you have anything you want to plug, put over or promote before we wrap up? Um, no, not really. I mean, obviously, uh, I'm quite uh, sort of local on Twitter. So uh, at Finchy Riley on Twitter. Uh, and like I say, I do um, work for sort of the West Ham way. So, you know, if you're interested in sort of West Ham content, we produce uh, sort of daily West Ham content. We're also starting to do watch-alongs. And we've also got the uh, West Ham Fantasy Football League we're doing where you can win uh, a signed football shirt and some match tickets. So, uh, yeah, if you want to follow the the West Ham way on YouTube, then, uh, yeah, I guess that would be great, greatly appreciated. But, um, yeah, thanks so, so much for having me on, man. It's been a really good uh, really good laugh. Yeah, it's been good. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll try and get you back on um, as the season gets going. Um, from my end, guys, go and check out all the content on EPL Index website. We have match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, and all of the news that you guys could wish for, especially during this busy transfer window. Um, of course, there's the daily podcast show. It's the two-footer podcast with Dave Hendrick. Uh, finally, also check out the flagship show. It's the EPL Roundtable, where Kev DeVries sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL. Um, Kev was on his honeymoon uh you know recently but uh he's back he's he's back working we've put him straight back to work um and there's a podcast out um with um where, where they're discussing fulham and um how how fulham are, are shaping up going into the season from my end guys go follow at a tad predictable on twitter go follow at epl index on twitter subscribe to the epl index podcast channel give us five stars write positive comments that stuff really really helps us out um same for anything that riley is doing definitely go and click on all the, the links give five stars write comments it, um, i'm sure it would be greatly appreciated um and then guys i've been to your you can find me on twitter at a tad predictable oh at tad predicts a uh, huge thank you to Obi Semenya. He does our intros. He's at John Empire SA, and I know he's working on the new intro for for next season. So that's that's quite interesting. Um, our producer behind the glass, Mr. Guy Drinkle. Huge shout out to him. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. He's been Riley Finch at Finchy Riley. That's F I N C H I E 
R-I-L-E-Y on Twitter. And remember, Chisinga Perry, Chino Shura. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to him. Menez! Pick that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2 0. Jesse Lingard. Oh, something finished. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Sports Social Podcast Network.